this must be what it's like to be a spy and just like look through people. You know, people are so paranoid about their camera. I'm not saying the FBI agents that are all watching us. It's so boring. I'm just watching you type being like, is she waiting for me to talk? Did she not talk? No, I need, I need to do the like dual screen. This must be what the FBI agents look at all day. It's just us staring with our like terrible posture at our computers. I never have a covering on my personal laptop. And my I don't one, have a covering on either of mine. My work one has one for me. Like, it's a sliding thing. Mm-hmm. That's nice. So, I'm like, I'm not really worried about them. I mean, I guess I am worried about them seeing me because of, like, all those teen movies where, like, the girls are, like, getting naked right in front of their camera, which I've never stripped down in front of my computer. But, like, I would m- be much more terrified of someone looking at my Google history to realize I don't know how to spell, like, consistently or convenience store than I am about someone, like, looking at me while I type. I mean, it's like different levels of invasion of privacy, but yeah, I was actually listening Uh, to a podcast where they did that. They were like, would you rather when you die, they find your body in like a a bed full of like sex toys or when you die, your internet history is like sent to everyone, you know, mm -hmm. and I was thinking about it and I was like, I think I would rather be found in a bed full of sex toys than my internet history, mainly because I don't want people to know that I'm like petty. And, like, Google, like, celebrity breakups or, like, Mm -hmm. guys my friends are dating to see, like, you know, where they've worked or any of that stuff. Or that I just, like, don't know how to spell. Uh Or then, like, I mean, honestly, if I was found in a, like, thing of sex toys, it would be, like, a funny story for my friends to tell. Like, you'll never believe how our friend was found dead. (laughs) It might make it, like, a little bit lighter. Then, I don't know. I just wouldn't want me to, like, I don't know. What do you, do you know what you would rather? Sorry, what were the two choices? When you die, your body is found in a, like, a pit of sex toys. Okay. Or when you're dead, your search history, like, your computer search history is, like, sent out to everybody you know. Hmm. <laughs> There's no great answer. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't mind search history, honestly, because mine's not that interesting. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like, Google Word. I don't, I don't like spell check words that much. Mine would literally be like street easy, <laughs> like Zillow <laughs> and like a bunch of random shopping things. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I would be like, how do you empty your cart at Uber Eats? How is it lost or lose if I'm using it this way? How do I spell <laughs> he is about to lose? Talking about their favorite scenes on silver screen. They'll try to stay. I worked. I'm Sophie. And I'm Maddie. And welcome to Single Best Scene. This week's episode, The Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit. Woo! So, Soph, why did you watch The Queen's Gambit? Um, I just watched it because it was on Netflix. I watched it like, well, okay, it was on Netflix and I was flying from New York back to Dallas and I had a connection. It was going to be a brutal commute back home and it had just come out and you could download it so I was like well this was kind of on my list and the episode seemed long enough to like I can you know save five and I'll be good um for my trip and so that's what I did 
Mm-hmm. That's why I watched it so immediately as I could download it. But, um, right, because you had watched it right before Thanksgiving, right? Like it came out in early November. Yeah, it came out early November. I flew home November 2nd, I think third. It was the, the week of the election. I remember it was election day. Home on election. Actually, is when I flew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you left. So okay. it, was that the third? Yeah, the second. Yeah, it was the th- third yeah you're right the third it was the third yeah because halloween was the saturday yeah um and i think i forced you to watch it but i know that um annabelle and your family also were very vocal about you actually watching it yes this was so this was like a two-prong attack for me to watch this period piece one part was my sister saying it's the best show she's ever seen she sent like a family group text being like Jimmy and I just finished it. Everybody watch it. It's wonderful. Mom, dad, you would love it. Jackie you would like it. Maddie, you have to watch it. Yada, yada. It's the best show I've ever seen. And I was like, okay, like I'll get around to it. Like I'm not, I wasn't like looking for a new, new show. Like I had a list of shows that I wanted to kind of knock out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you and I were planning kind of the rest of the year of what we wanted to cover on the pod, you were like, we could always do the Queen's Gambit. Like I've seen it and I know it's on your list. So that kind of like pushed mm-hmm. it up to importance and probably is the thing that made me finish it um and just before we get into it if anybody's curious because I get like tv line emails and follow like just Jared and all of those like tv accounts so Mm -hmm. Netflix announced Netflix announced on November 23rd that the Queen's Gambit was viewed in a record-setting 62 million households making it the best biggest limited scripted series ever for the streamer and also the number one streaming series in 63 countries wow people loved this show um Mm -hmm. i will give it that um so kind of going back a little bit what did you think about the pilot since we both kind of watched it because it's just on netflix yeah um the pilot for me got um i don't know it it it's sort of tough for me I can't decide if it should be like an eight or a nine out of 10 because, um, you know, on the one hand, I, you know, really enjoyed it, was really excited to watch the next episode. And um, they definitely like, it was a really good episode of TV. I thought like really engaging and like, you know, you understand her whole thing. But on the flip side, um, I thought it was really long, like, holy shit so long um which I it almost got to a point where I was like is is this a movie like you know what I mean like that's probably my biggest critique of the show as a whole is there was multiple times where I'd pause an episode and be like how the fuck have I only watched seven 17 minutes like I feel like I've watched it should be right mark like it was a very slow pace and it felt slow, but not in a bad way. I have a lot of feelings about See, this show. I didn't think it was slow. I just thought it was felt like a movie. Like, cause they, yeah. she just so, I mean, they cover so much ground in that first episode. Um, literally from like car crash to everyone knows she's a genius. Um, which is crazy, but I really think it's the difference between a like 40, 45 minute mm-hmm. show and a 60 minute because the pilot was 60 minutes. The second episode was 65. And then um, the middle couples were like 45 to 50, 48, I guess. And then mm-hmm. the sixth episode was 60, an hour. And then the finale was like an hour and seven. So it is like 
longer episodes which can start to feel a little bit like you're just watching a movie that's been broken up into a bunch of parts which um you know yeah it is crazy because like I don't typically think of tv shows that I am not a um a streaming only like I watch a lot of network tv and 42 minutes and 55 minutes doesn't feel like a lot of different like it shouldn't make that much of a difference when you're watching an HBO show versus like an NBC show but there Mm -hmm. really is something about the time between the 42 minutes of what we get on like this is us or Grey's Anatomy or you know any typical streaming show versus like the HBO's the Showtime's the Netflix the Hulu's where they don't have that time constraint like you feel it a little bit more like those last 15 minutes you're like how is this not over like I feel like it should Mm -hmm. be the next episode or did it start the next episode and I wasn't looking so um that's not surprising to me that those were all at about the hour mark for every episode yeah so I agree I gave it an eight out of ten um I typically don't love when shows start as an adult and then do a flashback to when they're a child and start the story there I think for this show it was necessary to show the audience like don't worry she grows up don't worry you know this becomes her life like we get to see what she's like um early in the show to kind of get viewers to stick with it since the first episode is all at the orphanage um right I I just yeah I just think it would be too hard if they just jumped into the orphanage because you'd be like where is this going like right why do we care about this girl like okay she has this random chest thing and okay I guess she's a genius but like or like right. a prodigy but well I typically want we, the story they, we had to know that she became a star and like also right. like a chaotic adult <laughs> right I completely agree with you but I whenever I was watching it I remember saying out loud like I wish it just picked up from here like I don't want to go back to her like sad I like I like origin stories so I was I enjoyed it I didn't mind it once it was done like once it was done I really saw the importance of those first two episodes or episode really in like the first 15 minutes of the second episode with like her foundation with Mr. Seibel like Seibel was not his name Mm -hmm. Seibel and Jolene like that was so important for the story it just didn't feel that way when you're watching it the first time until like you know hindsight Mm -hmm. um I don't think this is a fa- my favorite show I've watched this year. Like it's, it's very, what I will say though, is I think it's the most beautifully shot show I've watched this year. Mm-hmm. The best casted show I've watched this year. Like young mm-hmm. Beth to adult Beth was like brilliant. Young Jolene, like they did a brilliant job with casting. They did such a good job at Jolene. And the direction was really, re- like the cinematography and the way the shots came yeah. in and out. And like the way they it's shot Tess, like especially mm-hmm. her with, um, Hold on, let me look at his name. Bolt. I don't want to say it wrong because we butcher names on this. Uh, Borgov. Whenever they were mm-hmm. playing their tournaments, it was always really cool that they split the screen almost into like yeah. what meetings were so we could see their faces and their hands, but we didn't know necessarily who they were playing because like obviously that didn't matter. Right. Yeah. They did a lot of like really clever transitions and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have to say um, that. And then the costuming was beautiful. And you and I have talked about this and I think it was on the podcast. So um, this isn't new to our listeners, but how I, um, oh, it was in the great, how like you slowly see her, her costumes become more and more dramatic. And then she comes out and she's wearing this bright pink and whatever. Yeah, I thought they showed Beth's growth as a person yeah. and as a chess player and all of those things through her clothes without doing anything other, like without making them loud right like they right she just she just started dressing better (laughs) and it's like because it was like supposed to show her wealth and something and I read like an excerpt I didn't read the whole article that like green was supposed to be like 
her home color. So mm-hmm. when she was wearing green, mm-hmm. she was like, you know, like back to her roots and everything. But mm-hmm. I loved the fashion. I like would move into her house in Kentucky, like the wallpaper when the yeah, the, the wallpaper, wallpaper was amazing. It, and it was like two different yes. patterns that were like the inverse of each other. Uh huh. Amazing. And, like, the chair she was sitting. I was like, mm-hmm. I will move into that house. To, it made me realize. Like, yeah. And granted, I have a very colorful home. Um, but I was like, that's just my design style. It was like mid-century with loud colors. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was, it was, the, I mean, the whole show was styled like a dark mazel. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know? I got um, strong mazel vibes down to the fact that when I, I was watching it, the beginning, so obviously we're going to break it down a little bit, but Towns, who loved Sweet Towns, his character, when they first like kind of start making eye contact and he, like, you know, they have a little, a little bit of banter, not a ton. Uh, mm-hmm. But he reminded me of Lenny Bruce from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yes. Like, he could have yes. like, his origin story. That could have been, like, Lenny Bruce's orange, origin story type mm-hmm. of thing. Like, I was like, man, they, I wouldn't be surprised if they were related or play, like, eventual relations in a movie down the line. Yeah. Like, if that guy shows up in Maisel as, like, Lenny Bruce's right. illegitimate son or brother <laughs> or something, like, I would totally buy it. Um, so obviously the show is like everything, like it, it has a little bit of, of all the types. It's definitely a, a dramedy, if you will. Mm-hmm. What were some of your favorite bits or jokes from the Queen's Gambit? Okay. Yeah. I had a hard time. And when I was watching it the first time I was on my phone on an airplane, so I was not um, taking any notes at all. And also I know that you don't like slower shows or period drama. So I honestly didn't think we were going to cover it. And it was so new to mm-hmm. Netflix that when I watched it, it hadn't like totally blown up yet. Right. Um, so didn't take any notes. So that's on me. Um, but one of my favorite lines, I had to rewatch. Okay. Because I watched, I had one through five saved. And I watched through like the beginning of five and mm-hmm. then like, you know, landed or whatever and like didn't ever finish episode five. But then when I went back like a week later to finish, my Netflix said I'd finished five. And so I was like, okay, I guess I finished five and just watched six, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. And seven. oh yeah, sorry, just six and seven. And it felt like six, but, seven, eight because they were, it was like even when I, seriously, <laughs> yeah, that's almost two and a half hours of TV. So even when I, but, and then when I started six, I was like, wait a second, like something isn't really making sense. Maybe I didn't really finish five, but like kind of didn't bother. And then, right, so I had to go back. You were just watching it for fun. So. Today, right. Yeah. So I went back today after watching the pilot again and watched five again. And I definitely only got like half through that episode. So <laughs> good thing I went ahead. It really made six make so much more sense. Um, yeah, but... so you just started six with her and Betty in the car being like, I guess they're yep. friends now. Yeah, I was like, okay, guess what What was the other guy who was, was staying with her at her house? Oh, Harry. Harry? Okay, I was like, Harry's out, Benny's in. Okay, well, like, I can't say I'm surprised. Right, so um, five was when they were playing house, right? When yes. her and Harry were like playing house and learning chess and sleeping together, sort of. Um, I think so. Yeah, because um, then six was her in New York and then Paris or Mexico City. No, whatever, it doesn't matter. You can no, no. Um, okay, let me, I have it pulled up. Okay, okay. Uh, three was Cincinnati, four was Mexico City, five 
was back home in Kentucky mm-hmm. and Benny does show up, but she goes back to Kentucky after they're at a tournament together. Or, okay, I guess. Because she goes home okay. to New York with him. She goes her home. mom dies in, Mo- in Mexico City. So then she goes to Kentucky, plays with Harry or whatever, goes to a tournament, plays Benny, or plays Benny and loses. Plays Borgoff and loses. And then goes. Yeah. She loses to Borgoff in Mexico City. But in five, she goes, she goes back home to Kentucky, trains with Harry. Yes. And then in the middle of the episode, I think-ish, she goes to the U.S. national whatever in that like little college town and b- plays Benny, finally beats him for the first time. Mm-hmm. And then after that, she maybe goes, goes back home. Or no, no, no. Yeah, she goes directly from there, from there to New York. To New York that's because that's where they trains. played, which actually this was, I guess it's sort of what you thought, not really, but I loved the speed chess. I found it yeah. to be so interesting and fascinating. Yeah. And also, when she got back to her room, I will say this actress was beautifully, well, like beautifully cast, beautiful person. She's three years young. She's born in 96. Um, <laughs> but when she walked back to, in her room after she lost all those speed chess games, I was like, mm-hmm. is she, did she just swindle him? Or is she nervous about tomorrow? Like I could never actually fully read her emotions, which helped. Because I was always like unsure if she was going to win, even though I knew she was a prodigy and I knew she would probably win. There, mm-hmm. She planted enough doubt in me that it kept the chess interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. So you're in episode five. You're a bit, you're a little um, bit. Yeah, my favorite joke, I think, of the whole, well, was the best joke that I have written down is arguably the only one. But um, when they're at the bar, after she's beat Benny and he says do you normally drink this much and she says sometimes I drink more more. (laughs) I was like same yes yes so relatable (laughs) I was talking to my mom about it and I was like iconic so insane that they called her an alcoholic basically after that scene and all she was drinking was beer beer I should have like three beers yeah I was like okay yikes um Um, unrelated, well, adjacently related, but not to this. I just saw a TikTok. I follow this Scottish guy 100% for his accent on TikTok. And he did a, like, waking up hungover as an American and then waking up hungover in, like, as a Scottish guy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when he's being the American, he's like, oh, man, I'm, like, feels, he's, like, in bed, like, but, like, whatever, like, ice, like, being so, like, oh, I had four beers last night. Like, I, you know, my head hurts so much. Like, oh, my gosh. And then it like switches to the little Scottish flag and he's like in a bush, <laughs> like wakes up in a bush. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Uh, like, you're like, that's Lou Anne in the real housewives waking up in a bush. Right? God. That's funny. Um, but okay, other bits. I just loved Benny in general and I loved how dumb he looked. Like I loved he to me, he was like the Harry Styles of this show. Like, did they literally just like pin up pictures of Harry Styles or like this is what we're going, but like d- dial it down a little bit and make it 1960s because did someone call him a pirate in the show? wall-to-wall Harry Styles energy um like they were like that pipe is cute or close up or something. maybe it yeah was, when she was like yeah. I was always trying to get after Benny even though he uh-huh. looked like a pirate <laughs> even though he looked like a pirate yeah because he's got like the hat and the long trench coat and like a knife she, that so, she even asked him about she's like what the fuck's up with a knife <laughs> he's like it's for protection I was like what is chess um I guess okay I should have asked this at the beginning of the show have you ever played chess 
No. Okay, I did. I have no. I I, I thought it was closer understand. to checkers. It's not. I learned from the show. I it's don't, got nothing okay. to do with checkers. I have been. I have been taught to play chess, like as a kid. Like I understand generally the stuff, and I also understand probably also because of Harry Potter, there was like chess situations happening there in the first book. Okay, so I've never um, seen Harry Potter, but apparently Harry was in Harry Potter. The guy who styles? played Harry. No, <laughs> the guy who played Harry in the Queen's Gambit played Daniel Radcliffe. What? No, the guy who played Harry in. The Queen's Gambit. Oh my god, wait, was that Neville? Was, hold on, I'll look it up. You keep telling your story. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. It was like so-and-so from Harry Potter grew up, but I was like, I've never seen Harry Potter, so. Um, okay, I thought he looked like him, but I thought he looked too young to be him. He played Dunsley Dursley. Oh, <laughs> that's someone else. Okay, because normally... Um, yeah, so people were like... Because the other guy uh, that you thought looked like Harry Styles, but his name is Benny, was in Love Actually. He's the child who's, like, running through the airport in Love Actually. Another movie I don't like. I don't remember enough about that. Um, Matthew Lewis played Neville Longbottom. I know this doesn't matter to you, but uh, he is normally the one who gets, like, all the credit for the glow up. Because yes. he he's more of a main character than Dudley, who's just, like, a croony. But, like... um. Neville Longbottom is like kind of one of the in the friend group actually and so and he was like chubby within right? this series yeah yeah he was super chubby I've just seen the, the first couple shows yeah yeah the first couple movies and then like by the time we get to the end he's like hot and you're like what the fuck <laughs> like, like if that's what a Hufflepuff is I'm in I mean like he's like fully handsome man so you're like well okay like he's like the Harry Potter glow up um Dudley I think that's looked, so funny looks pretty good Dudley the bit about him getting his teeth fixed and her like fixing how gross his teeth were and then her being like you look different there's something different about you and he was like oh really she like one of his teeth no not really so when she was playing him in chess he kept doing like he kept like coughing and like doing weird stuff with his mouth and the camera would kind of zoom in on his mouth and like as the audience we were like oh like why do you keep like going he's like hot like coughing or doing whatever huh. and then later when he shows back up at her house she's like you look different. Right. And I mean, every guy said this to her, like, yeah. you're not the same awkward girl that I played mm-hmm. chess with either. And then he was like, oh no, but I actually got my teeth fixed. Like, I think that's what yeah. you're noticing. Yeah. And she's like, that must be it. Like I spent all my yeah. money on it and she was like, it was worth it. Basically. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I she agree. didn't. She literally <laughs> said that. She was like, well, it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, he had his own glow up within this show as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. Um, uh, but yeah. And I actually also thought that was funny. Um, but um i just loved how kooky the adopted mother was um alma was a riot (laughs) i didn't understand her at first but when i realized that she was okay with being the manager over the mother but that's how she momager was was her true destiny (laughs) that beth didn't want more from her because whenever they adopted her at first i was really worried that like Mm -hmm. beth was gonna want more love or more whatever but once they kind of agreed like you'll get 15%, which is five more than what you asked for. And we'll travel and have fun. I mm-hmm. loved the mom once they made that agreement and they were just business partners who lived together. Yeah. I, I mean, that's not the first time that I was a little bit concerned about like where the adults were going to go in this story. Like with um, the orphanage lady. Yes. Um, uh, it sounds like a D. 
Uh, Dresmond? No. Um, Brothers? No. It's like, it was like two. Two. Oh, <laughs> Deerdorf? Deerdorf, that's right. Um, yeah, like, who's a Deerdorf? I'm like, like is she going to be, I was like, is she going to be evil? Like, is she going to, you know what I mean? Like, anytime there was an opportunity to, like, yeah. I mean, she didn't eventually, like, say she couldn't play chess anymore, but, like, she was actually kind of supportive, like, let her go to the high school and all that stuff. Also, in her, in Mrs. Deerdorf's defense, she had overdosed on tranquilizers, and chess was the only thing she loved, so in punishing a child, like, the punishment sure, is no, no, no. the crime. Like, it I don't think sense. that she was actually evil. I do think that then it No, was- no, no, I don't either. In the last episode, but she that's like such a trope. Game. Yes, yeah. I have a lot of thoughts about this, and we'll talk about it in my like worst B plot because I couldn't think of another place to like throw in all. Of my yeah, okay, advice. we can just put it there. Um, but and I also love Jolene. Like, I thought she was so funny. Mm-hmm. Like, her character was so great. I didn't write anything down specific that she or the mother said, but um, I just generally I loved enjoyed her. Her like little monologue slash bit that she had about how she was a radical by working at like an all-white law firm and she <laughs> yeah. was like gonna like radicalize from the inside and like rick was gonna marry her once he leaves uh-huh. his wife uh-huh. and all of that stuff like that made me laugh because i was like she like isn't getting played she knows what she's doing mm-hmm. which yeah, I, yeah, yeah. she's like aware very self-aware in the orphanage she doesn't like she's not getting played by these rich white men who think they're like filling their diversity token like she's right. taking advantage of them too yeah what about you? Do you have any, what are your jokes you've got? So the cocksucker scene in episode one made me laugh when she like learns the proper term for cocksucker. What, what, it, what it means. It. Yeah. Um, her finally talking back to the girls at school when they bully her. Um, I enjoyed that. Um, okay. So this, she had a bunch of like kind of one-liners throughout the show. Like it wasn't a laugh out loud funny show in my opinion. Like it's not a mm-hmm. true, true comedy, but I did like when she no, was playing that like gone. actual 10 year old and she was like do you see it now or should we finish the board like he's (laughs) he's 10 like he doesn't Uh see it yet I don't think um when they yeah whenever she like crushed the like competition like she was so dry like she was so dry but it was it was funny like she knew she was being funny yes you know oh my god like when she re-meets those two guys Mike and Matt he's like I mean who fucking knows but it was uh, I think Benny or somebody was introducing like, oh, you know, Beth, this is. Oh, you know, that was right, later on. Yeah, when so and so and so and so. And she's like, oh, nice to meet you. And they were like, um, mm-hmm. actually, like you played us earlier today. Yeah. Like both of us actually. And she, and she was, was like, like, oh, oh. sorry. <laughs> I yes, didn't those even were like really random guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. She was like, oh. <laughs> um, when they were, I loved any time she was getting interviewed by press, like at a press forum. And they asked her a question about being like a female chess player. And her response was just, I would say it was much easier to play chess without the burden of an Adam's apple, yeah. which was basically just like, fuck you, stop asking about my gender. Um, yeah. There was one interaction with Harry. So when she started dressing better, the media started to be like, her and her fancy clothes, whatever, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they kept calling her a prima donna. And Harry saying, mm-hmm. we're all prima donnas, we're chess players. Mm-hmm. made me laugh because one it like puts the stereotype of like a nerdy chess players like it kind of like flips it on its head because where you wouldn't think that chess players would be prima donnas because the way that chess players have been portrayed in the media are like nerds who don't care about anything right like why would they be prima donnas but watching this show it makes you realize like they're so um 
focused and competitive and like they have like a one track mind in a way that I think when you have a team sport you can't have that it's impossible to be unless I guess you're Michael Jordan but even that like was his detriment if you watch you know not his full detriment but it was like a burden on his teammates to be like we don't know what the fuck he's thinking ever Mm. in chess it truly is just you and the board right I I I don't know Well, the prima donna comment just, like, made sense. I was like, yeah. Because to me, this all, that all made perfect sense because of, like, I don't know. It's sort of like the Big Bang Theory of it all of, like, it's this whole other world. Right. But, like, like, those are, like, the the dorks that we see. Like, you don't think of, like, Sheldon and Leonard being prima donnas. So the fact that Harry was, like, self-proclaiming, like, we are prima donnas made me laugh. But, like, being know-it-alls and thinking you're more important because you know everything lines up with being nerdy to me. I guess. I just thought, because I will say so. the most unrealistic part of the show to me in the entirety is that all of the men who lost to her were gracious losers. Like, they either shook her hand or they were embarrassed and ran off. Yeah. That fucking wouldn't happen. And so I also no. don't think they would take an insult that the media had given her and being a diva... Mm-hmm. And say, we're all that way. Don't worry about it. So, like, mm. I thought it was funny that Harry was so kind of whipped by her and loved her so much that he was like, don't take this inf- insult from the newspaper. That's how chess players are. Because it's like, yeah, I don't like, I, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I think it is funny. And then the last thing was just a commentator. And this is another one that I just was like, I, I guess they were just trying to fill dialogue, which made me laugh. Not what they said made me laugh, but the fact that they even said it. The one thing we know about Elizabeth Harmon is that she loves to win. Yeah, no shit. Everyone, everyone loves to win. We're like at this elite level of chess. Yeah. Like we're, we're not like playing. What a unique like, thing to say. I yeah, know, like right? it, that made me laugh. And also that that's the only thing they know about her. Like she has this extremely right. tragic story. And they're like, right. what do you know about her? She likes to beat men in chess and she does it without thinking twice about it and like making them cry. Mm-hmm. So speaking of crying, what a beautiful segue mm. into our heartbreak scene. Perfect. So what do you think? Well, mine was definitely um, when Mr. Scheibel died and mm. um, she, they go to the funeral and like the whole, like I owed him $10. So like, we know that she like truly left and never looked back. And then of course, like her finding like, all of the newspaper clippings and um articles and you know magazines that she was in um in the basement and how he like followed her career um without her even knowing and you know just like a whole wall of all of her stuff um more better than her own like adopted mother did Mm-hmm. assume assuming I mean her mom did also like die like I mean their overlap wasn't really that long whereas Mr. Scheibel could follow her from the very beginning and so um yeah that was just like so heartbreaking but what's yours I completely agree that was on my list of things for heartbreak and my second one was um her toasting to her mom on the plane like ordering a Gibson her mom's signature cocktail and kind of toasting mm-hmm. to the plane it seemed like a really fitting farewell for them because they never really had a traditional mother-daughter yeah. relationship and her mom really worked as the audience in a way and so I also kind of took it as her toasting to like 
from now on, like y'all aren't going to know what the fuck's going on. We're just going to go. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going right. on. The audience isn't going to get a play by play by what happened in my chess game by me. Like when she comes home and tells her mom everything, I was like, oh, mm. we're the mom. Like we're mm-hmm. supposed to be like, and what happened next? Mm-hmm. And so that right, to right. me was like her toasting, like the life that she had come accustomed to and ordering her mom's signature drink, which is like a martini with an onion or whatever. Um, it's very sad to me. And then yeah. um, just like, I guess, Another little moment was when Jolene and her were playing uh, racquetball and she was like, I'll give you the $3,000. And she was like, you're always saving me. And Jolene was like, I'm not saving you. And Mr. Scheibel didn't save you. I don't know why you can't understand that we're family. Like family just helps Mm, each other. Yeah. So like I'm giving you the money because I believe in you, not because I'm saving you. Um, Right. That was like a sweet little heartbreaking type moment. Yeah. So it seems like you were trapped on a plane, so you didn't have a ton of time to decide if you wanted to keep watching this or not. But what was your Seriously. turning point scene? Um, my turning point was, um, yeah, when we realized she's a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first episode, I guess it was definitely still while she was. It was probably the first time Mr. Scheibel, when he, like, did some kind of move on her, and she was like, what did you just do? And he was like, well, the game's over. Like, that was called X, Y, Z. I'll, you know, sorry, we're just going to play again. I'm not going to explain that to you. And she was like, what the fuck? And then, like, that night, like, goes in and, like, does her little, like... Tranquilizer. um, Yeah, like, drugs up and does her little um, chest from the ceiling thing and, like, works it over and over until she, like, figures it out, and you're, like, oh, okay, like, this is just who she is now, and, like, she's, like, prodigy, she's a chess girl, and, um, like, obviously, she's going places, so. Yeah, and I think another thing that, um, made me laugh in the show was every time, um, a guy would see her again, they'd be, like, oh, like, you're getting a little bit older, you're not a prodigy anymore, like, now you're just a chess player, (laughs) that it was, like, she never self-identified as a prodigy. Uh, right yeah yeah nobody actually used that word I don't think until even. I think the men were like I think it was town when he was like are you still like you're about to be an adult you can't still be a prodigy um mm. but mine was when Beth gets invited to play at the stimulus thing at the high school in episode one and she yeah meets all of the men and like, yeah. kinda like got dozen see, of them yeah like she just walked around the table because like that was I mean I knew next to nothing about chess I just knew there was a sure. board and there was a uh, rook and a pawn because people are always like you're a pawn I'm assuming mm-hmm. chess. yeah um so that was the first time that I as like a person was like oh chess might be interesting and I see why people who had like loved chess and stopped playing picked back up again after watching the show um, sure. it didn't make me want to learn how to play chess but no it made me interested but I think the first time she like dominated everybody and you realized it was going to be like I mean, she's like a real genius yeah and like this is what the show is going to be and not in a boring way because yeah. that was also the first time we saw her play multiple people right yeah and she goes back to Mr. Scheibel and was like what was they amazing were, is how bad they, they were, were. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. like uh amazing this girl's it's, nine it's like I beat all of them and they were terrible you wouldn't even believe some of the yeah and like maybe the best guy in 15 moves like what the fuck yeah yeah I loved that um so I would argue that my biggest complaint about this show is that there wasn't a lot of plot, like, overall, um, which might just be slow shows. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean, much. well, okay, but the plot was, like, her career. Career, right. But, like, so as we go into the best and worst B-plots and relationships and stuff, 
that was one of my things when I was working on the section. I was like, okay, she played chess. Okay, she drank with her mom. Okay, she played chess. Okay, she redid the house. So um, right. as we go into that, I just think that this might be one of the ones where we don't have as many unless you disagree and you have a ton. Um, no, I don't have a ton. Although, okay, there is a BuzzFeed article that's like the best jokes from the Queen's Gambit, which of course is never that. And it's actually the best tweets about the Queen's Gambit that are funny. You well, know why I mean? don't you read that before we go into our B plots? Okay, no, no, but I was, it had to do with plot though, because it says oh, me, okay. I watched Queen's Gambit for the plot and, the, and then it says the plot and it's like two pictures um, of Beth and one of them is like her and her like cute little outfit and the other one is her like in her like chaotic, like alcoholic state, like on the, her couch smoking like with a beer. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's not far off. I mean, I mean, she was either playing yeah. chess or binge drinking once it got to the later season, like the later episodes. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm now reading some of them. Um, okay, someone made, pointed this out. Thinking about how much Beth playing with Benny's hair has so much depth because Towns played with her hair and that was her first crush. So she probably used that on Benny because it's how she learned how to show interest. I don't disagree because when she was flirting with Benny at the bar, she said, I like your hair. And he said, we're not having sex. And then they, (laughs) I love that. Then they go to New York and they like have a few, I don't know how many nights of like chess, eat, Mm -hmm. sleep, drink, chess, eat, sleep, not alcohol. There's no alcohol in his Mm apartment. And then after his friends leave, he's like, do you still like my hair? And then they have sex. And then he talks to her about chess and she's like, nope, (laughs) we're not doing this. Oh my god. That makes sense. I liked Towns. He was sweet. Oh my god. Okay, there's this tweet that says, when Mr. Scheibel says the Queen's Gambit in the first episode of the Queen's Gambit, and the picture meme is like Leonardo DiCaprio drinking a beer and holding a cigarette and like pointing at the TV screen. (laughs) (laughs) Like, look! Oh my god. This tweet says, how I've been watching the chess games in the Queen's Gambit, even though I have absolutely no idea how chess works. And it's just like a bunch of pictures of Drake looking disappointed at ba- like courtside basketball. <laughs> I will say, so you remember how you and I talked about after we finished Elite, I was like, I can speak Spanish now and I can't, like I had watched it so much that I like thought through osmosis that I would understand Spanish. And if I looked away, I could like understand the words and I couldn't. That's kind of how I was with chess where I was like, can I play chess now? Like, do yeah. I I don't, like Grey's Anatomy, we're all doctors now. Yeah, like I could definitely do a trach. I think I could do the Queen's Gambit. And also I can speak fluent Spanish. None of those. <laughs> those are my three lies. But okay, do you have some plots to knock out? Oh, sorry. This joke, actually, I do remember when the um, mom is playing the piano and she asks Beth to refill her prescription and she says, my tranquility needs to be refurbished. <laughs> the mom was great when she was like, my brain is killing me, which I don't know why it's taking the time. My body's already doing it for it. I know. <laughs> oh my God. Uh. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, if anybody else wants to actually fully <laughs> this list. Well, funny, I'll share that. I'll share the BuzzFeed um, article on our story. I mean, I can't because we need like 
9,000 more followers. So tag your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, us. tag and share. There is a picture of, for I'll some reason, it. Sophia Vergara standing in front of a boxing ring with like several men like on the ground behind her. Um, just like, I guess, boxed out. I don't really know. Um, but the caption is Beth Harmon leaving her chess tournaments. <laughs> Not wrong. All the all these men just like knocked the fuck out. Um, but okay, anyway, back to the show. Um, back to your regular scheduled programming. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this audio medium. Hope everyone enjoyed me describing tweets to you. So it was Sophia Vergara, and she was standing outside. <laughs> just close your eyes. You can picture it. Um, okay, so best B plots for me. Um, her friendship with Mr. Scheibel, obviously, um, that was great. Um, also, um, I loved Jolene. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I wouldn't have minded more Jolene. I wouldn't have minded literally any backstory whatsoever about Jolene. We got nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that to me felt like we were cheated. I mean, come on, you're going to make us sit through a, an hour long episode and you're not going to give us a whiff of Jolene's background like rude mm-hmm. um I loved the Kentucky boys like all the boys that were there kind of at the beginning of her career and instead of like being huge assholes instead of like kind of followed her along and supported her which like you said earlier incredibly unrealistic but you know what we're in fantasy world so it was nice to see men supporting this woman it was nice mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the mom being the momager again. Mm -hmm. Um, I enjoyed as far as plots, which I don't know if this counts, but, um, every time they had her travel, like, I thought that was a fun way to like move the show around because I mean, like you said, the really, the main, 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 main A plot, arguably the only plot is her career. So it's like, how are you going to make it interesting if it's really just about her? And so I thought traveling made a lot of sense. I also loved when Maisel traveled um, on the road. So it's all tracks for me. Um, I loved, this was really late, but I loved the Russian fangirls. (laughs) (laughs) um who kept asking for her autograph I kind of expected there to be some kind of press thing at some point like I kind of expected that to go somewhere like she was gonna be some kind of female figure for these Russian women because she's playing the men and she's so glamorous but like they kind of never did anything with that other than like having an increasing amount of them show up um but there was never anything else Mm -hmm. do that which I thought was a little bit of a miss um because the one thing that I did felt like the show did miss out on for me at least was like female friendships like they gave us Jolene but like Jolene was in like three episodes and even then like not really even that much like she didn't have that much screen time I don't think and like it would have been different if Jolene and her would have kept up the whole time that would have been great like right right but well she says Jolene says that where she's like it wasn't just Mr. Scheibel who like followed your career I read your thing in chess I spent my money at the grocery store to read about chess so we found out that Jolene was following her for sure um, later on (laughs) I'm not saying that but like we didn't see the two of them continuing to be friends right 
Right. You know what I mean? Which like that would have been like a female friendship. They didn't give her one when Jolene left either. So that was, I mean, I guess technically she went with the mom, but their friendship was kind of, or relationship was kind of whatever or not whatever, but it was a little weird and not like a, I don't know. The mom wasn't like a gal's gal really. And like wanted to talk about boys and stuff. I don't really know. The mom was not exactly a yeah, I mean, they it wasn't had, a replacement for Jolene. I feel way. like there was like a huge shift in their relationship when she stayed at that boy's house and slept with him. And then they left the next day and they were like, we're going to see a movie. And she called the mom guy. and just like said, like, I'm, I'm going to wherever to see the movie. But she just stayed at the house and drank and cleaned up and did all of that stuff. I think that was like the secondary shift in their relationship where she was yeah. like, you're, you're truly just my manager and friend. You're not my mom at all. Yeah. Right, like, right, I'm right. not asking for your permission. I'll be, I'll see you Monday after school. Right, right, exactly. Um, but... I also didn't really see the dad. I literally didn't understand. Like, I feel like when, you're literally just reading my notes. Like everything you said is everything I've written. Oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah, like word for like I just looked at your notes and they're my notes. <laughs> oh my god, did I copy your notes? <laughs> I am so sorry. No, no, no. Keep talking. I mean, no, I think okay. everything you're saying is true. I was just like, wait, we're sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize I did that. No, no, no. You're totally fine. Um, but I think you're going into worst, right? So let, do you yeah, yeah. Just- sorry. You do your best. So everything you just said, and then, um, I completely agree with, and then I actually really loved the long con of her practicing Russian because I didn't realize, and they could have said it or, and I didn't click or they, it could have just been a surprise. I didn't know she was going to Moscow. So I thought that they were literally just learning Russian so she could play the one guy. And so I was like, how stupid is it that she's taking Russian as a night course, you know, mm-hmm. do something else, have a social life or whatever. But like that ended up being like, to me personally, the biggest payoff is her knowing Russian. Yeah, Like my biggest really like extreme moments were her knowing Russian. Like my single best mm-hmm. scene came from Russian. Everything came from her being able to like like when they were on the elevator and she could hear what they were saying about her yeah. and they didn't know she could so that was just a b-plot that I at the time was like huh random and then they like had her and Benny in New York like practicing Russian terms on the drive back mm-hmm. and I was like huh like kind of random whatever and then it paid off and I was like oh my gosh I'm so glad that she's been practicing Russian for the past four years Seriously. or whatever um, and then my other B plot that I really enjoyed was like her having like a social life ish in New York. Like when Benny's friends came and like accepted her and they played chess and she got to know Clea, which I guess was like her other female friend. Um, it's just hard when you, when watching it, you're like, go back to your room, don't drink alcohol, stay sober so you can win. And then the like human part of you is like, no, it's really necessary for you to like have girlfriends that you can drink with and like flirt with boys with or girl whatever you know and like Mm -hmm. do all of those like teen stuff because she was still like in her early 20s when the show ended so um I thought that that was a really interesting kind of um play and I did love all of I was when Mike and Matt were like rude to her when she was signing in for her first chess Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting them to pop back up so then when they popped back up when she was in Vegas and they were friends and then like pop backed up like throughout the show and like saving a seat for her mom like her mom didn't make it and all that stuff um I was it was it was nice to see them and I really didn't think they would be characters if that makes like I didn't think that they would still be in the show and then actually all of the mom's storylines didn't bother me like we needed something other than chess and her like staying in her hotel room to study books 
So like her mom, like flirting or drinking or doing whatever she was doing was kind of a nice distraction from the show. I wasn't annoyed with it. But um, so speaking of things you're annoyed with, what were some of your worst B plots? Uh, yeah, the dad. Okay, I thought the dad died when the, when okay. when the because the way the mom said it, she was like, he's you know on or he's traveling for work, and then she was like, well, he's never coming back. Mm-hmm. I assumed he died. So I then he when was she, really traveling, <laughs> he died. And she called him. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I actually completely agree that that story, it like made no sense. And then he came it to the house. So random. It just seemed like a waste of 15 minutes. He came to the house and was like, I yeah. changed my mind. I know on the phone when we talked, I said, I would give you to the house and you had to pay the mortgage, but now you have to buy the house for me. And I'm, I was thinking like, maybe this was just the writer's way of letting us know she had the money to go to Russia or, and then. Or didn't have the, the money house. for Russia. Well, she right, had $7,000 yeah. to buy the house when really she should have saved it to go to Russia or was mentally planning to, but I was like, it just seemed like really unnecessary. Like he didn't, I thought, or he would say like, as he was leaving, like, hope you win and, you know, like say something about her chess. Right. Following her career at all or knew who, you know, right. Who she was. So that to me seemed like a really unnecessary store like it just didn't it didn't even seem to like you know sometimes they'll have like daddy issues or some sort of father abandonment or whatever and that didn't even seem to be in play right like she knew him for like three days right it was I did like the joke of her being like we can go anywhere in the world for your chess games but just not go to Denver like I thought that was kind of like haha funny but like yeah I didn't understand what the point of bringing the dad back was only for him to be a dick right it didn't make any sense. I mean, I did like that that prompted her to completely redecorate the house because I found that montage to be great. That was great. Um, but yeah. We could have gotten there a different way. Like, they could have just been like, okay, well, the bank, you're not in the will, so if you want to stay living in this house, you have to buy it. Yeah. Like, it, it didn't need <laughs> to be, like, the phone call her telling him that she died and then followed up by him fighting her. Like, it just seems like they were trying to stretch out the episode where she wasn't playing chess with mm-hmm. distractions for the audience to not get bored yeah, which I would have just rather that episode have been like 47 minutes yeah could have just been shorter or like had Harry come earlier or something like I didn't mm-hmm. need the added scene it was just one yeah. scene right um I feel like although this entire show was not only was it really just about her chess career but it was like literally only about her chess career not about her like mm-hmm. Was she good at school? Right. I don't know. Like, they never brought it up. Like, at the very like, calling and being like, she's got the longest cold ever. <laughs> right. Like, she she's missed a mono. lot of school. <laughs> and no one seemed to care. But I couldn't tell if that was because it was the 60s and nobody gave a fuck if women graduated. Or if she was a genius and she was, like, ahead in school and it didn't really matter. I mean, at the very beginning in the pilot, when she is done with her math problems early and the teacher is like shocked mm-hmm. um, and since they're down to clap the chalks you kind of assume that she's too smart to be in class like she's smarter than that so at least she's good at math I guess but literally no mention of it like after mm-hmm. that like it was just sort of weird so I'm like okay is she only good at chess or is she a genius you know what I mean like right who knows well and like that doesn't mean that you're good at like English like if your brain right. is like tailored to like math and sciences mm-hmm. And also, like, like, is this a career? 
Like, can she just be I, a chess person? I actually like, so my obviously my whole family watched this. I talked to my sister a little bit about it, but she was like annoyed that I had questions. And so I was like, I'll save them for the podcast and we can talk later. But with my mom, I was telling her, I was like, with volleyball, you know, you start because that's like the sport that you and I played the most. So yeah. like you start at 12 and they teach you a certain way to play and then 13 and they add a new rule and 14 and they add changing and 15 and mm-hmm. and then you become playing at like a whatever. I don't and then you kind of retire by like after college ish and then you coach or yeah, unless you go to the Olympics, you have to quit your career. Right. It's not college. like basketball where you can go into like there's no really I mean or maybe there is, I don't know. Overseas. But like yeah. I don't really know. Like Orgov was old and had a child. Yep. Maybe chess like is profitable into adulthood. But I wish at one point with all of the chess explaining they could have said like Harry could have been like, well, I work at a grocery store, but I really like it. If you stop drinking, you can make a career out of chess. Yes. One line. So that I would be one line. Does she need, can she do this forever? Right. Like, does she need another skill? Like, I guess not because the guy, (laughs) or does she need to get married? Like, yeah. Well, also it's crazy to me. I just thought, and this, sorry, I don't want to jump. Do you have any more? So I don't want to jump in with what I like didn't like about um the only other yeah. thing I had to add was I what I already said which is like I wish we would have gotten more backstory about Jolene mm-hmm. and honestly the Harry stuff in episode five I guess when he came back and like lived with her and like kind of tried to help coach her and stuff I don't know like the first time I watched it, I guess I was kind of okay with it but like him being kind of like a sap and a little mushy to me was not fun to watch I just felt bad for him the whole time because I knew Mm -hmm. she was not on his level emotionally and was gonna some way fuck it up and hurt his feelings so I didn't like love that but I don't really know what I wish would have happened instead you know what I mean it was just kind of sad I completely agree and that's I think where I thought the show took a misstep for me personally right like I loved everything about it I just felt like they did it like, okay, so she fell in love with Towns and that was the first thing she ever met. But like, they literally said hello at a chess tournament once. once. Like, I was like, that was it. Like, did I miss something? Same mm-hmm. with Harry, right? Like he shows up and he's like, hey, I'm in town. Uh, I would love to teach you chess. And she's like, okay, cool. And then he kisses her and she's like, move in. So like, I felt <laughs> like they developed her chess origins, like her chess story so much. And it was so uh-huh. fleshed out. And I know that's what the show's about. Like, I'm not trying to like rewrite the show. I just feel like they, they gave her a lot of really sad and hard problems. And the minute that happened, they would time jump. So like she gets in trouble. She overdoses at the school, can't play chess, wake up the next episode. She's getting adopted so she can do whatever she wants. Like her, she takes the pill and mixes it with alcohol. We don't see the chess boards go up on the ceiling. We see it fade to black wake up she's like in Las Vegas getting ready to play um Towns we find out that he is like maybe I mean it was never confirmed maybe with Roger his roommate she runs out of the room gets in the car drives off nothing ever happens to that I just feel like they they used time to to avoid having to like tell a story that had any emotion to it right like her mom dies Mm -hmm. We don't know how the funeral, if anybody even showed up, if they had right. a funeral, if that's when Jolene could have showed up. Like they they mm-hmm. just lost over so much of her story and focused so much right. on like her reading chess books, which I, I understand is important, but like we never actually got to know Beth. 
right. I know it's what you're saying. No. But like, these are just some examples of times when they just were like 1966. And then they just like jumped to 68 and you're like, okay, I guess she didn't die right, like, when she mixed the tranquilizer <laughs> with the alcohol and didn't keep doing it. Right. Like when her Who dad, when, when the dad left and Alba was like upset about it, like their relationship just kept like, I just feel like there was a lot, there was a lot of turmoil that happened to this girl. And like, anytime it happened, they were like, perfect time for a time jump. Okay, kind of another show that does that, but I can't think of what it is. All right, well, I'll let you think about it. But um, along those lines, though, actually, I thought it was sort of weird that like, they kind of used her substance abuse, like, as a bit. Like, did you not feel like sometimes it was supposed to be set up as comedy? Like whenever she was like on a that that one time we get like a real full like multi day binge like just the way that it was shot like in her underwear like in her little robe and like being sassy and like but like obviously like blacked out like in like on a binge but like it was like the way they shot it was like almost like quirky and funny but you're like okay but she's a fucking alcoholic like right like it's not supposed to be funny. Right. But it also wasn't like, like she's alone. Like it was like deeply sad. Like it wasn't like, I just thought it was kind of weird. They used it as a joke repeatedly. Like even at the beginning when she like takes the pill, like she wakes up in Paris, right? Like the very first, like the cold open of the show wakes up, crawls, hung over out of his bathtub, takes the pill, chases it with a tiny liquor bottle and like runs out and you're like, oh wow. Like this girl's on the go, like ha ha. And you don't realize even until later that she's like, deeply dependent on sub- these like substances and you're like okay like that's like so scary and sad for her but right and I, I think don't know one of the reasons so in you explaining that one of the reasons I think they kept that scene in there was to prove like when you watch it you think she's like an orphan who never has anybody when in reality like Harry and Benny are both like you're a brilliant chess player other chess players have faded out the same way you're going letting mm-hmm. their craft and their addictions like, because obviously yeah. she has an addictive and compulsive personality. Destroy right. them. You need to make a conscious choice to not let this destroy you. Right. And so I'm glad that they mentioned the, that. We as the viewer were supposed to think, like, whenever she wakes up in Paris, she's still alone, not knowing that the person in the bed was her friend and not some mm-hmm. random guy. And knowing that, like, she was playing the biggest game of her life and, like, had tried to not do it. Um, I just wish they wouldn't have used the dependency so flippantly I will say though yes I it agree. did pay off also whatever. your alcohol dependency isn't a personality trait and they kind of treated it like it was well they didn't give us anything else to know about her right and it's like the one guy she fell in love with was gay and then Harry she's never really like and Benny she like wanted but like didn't like like I think she just wanted yeah. Benny to want her like especially when Cleo was like oh he's never gonna like love anybody more than chess or whatever mm-hmm. um but I will say um, the, her conversation with Harry, when he was like, like, are you still taking, like, you're playing good. Like, you're not like when he's in Moscow, he was like, you're not playing, like you're playing on pills or drinking or anything. Like you're staying clean. Mm -hmm. And she was Mm -hmm. like, I am. And I'm worried that I can't do it or whatever. And he's like, no, I've been watching you. You can. And so I thought it was actually like a really powerful moment whenever then she is sitting and she looks up and everybody kind of looks up being like, what the fuck? And she hasn't taken a pill and she can still Mm -hmm. see the board. It's Mm -hmm. almost like her dependency on the tranquilizers and alcohol. She thought was like, whenever they, whenever Jolene was like, did your mother go crazy or was she crazy? 
right? Like, right. were you a prodigy and you found out in the home or were you a prodigy because of the pills? Like you were a prodigy and found out through these pills, but the pills didn't make you a prodigy. And right. she needed to figure that out. And like, so I thought the reveal was great, but I did think the way they used her alcohol addiction as like a time, like a plot point to move time along was an interesting choice. Right. And like anytime anything bad happened, they were like, now would be a good time to time jump and make her be in a hotel and run into Mike and Matt. Right. And we'll just pretend like we all know that they stayed friends. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So do you want to take a quick break? Yeah, sure. Okay, perfect. What's up? It's us again. <laughs> we know you missed us already. Just wanted to make sure everybody headed over to iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast listening and make sure you're subscribed to the show. And um, we know it's silly, but it does mean a lot and makes a big difference for us. So we know everyone's listening and we, we know you're not going to miss one of our lovely new episodes since they do come out all the time. So don't While forget there, to subscribe. Yes. Don't forget to give us five stars and leave a review. Um, mm-hmm. they, it does matter and we will read the reviews and very much oh yeah we can start reading reviews and in yeah. fact <laughs> this is exciting actual news if you go and write a review and then email us to the single best scene at gmail.com mm-hmm. a screenshot of your review with your a mailing address we will mail you a single best scene sticker so yes reviews for stickers come on yes. guys leave us a review right. <laughs> we'll a sticker sticker in the mail so thank you and all. lots of good karma <laughs> yes lots of good karma uh, yeah well we'll get right back to the show but we just wanted to remind you of that little note mm-hmm. all right back all to the right. show all right so so let's go into our stats do you, let's who was, do it you know the you know the questions why don't you get to the answers yeah. Um, so my favorite character was Beth. Although weirdly, I did love the mom's character. Um, she had such an arc on the show and is kind of a d- totally different mom character than I'm used to seeing um, on scripted shows. So I just really enjoyed her. I was sad when she died, but I loved her brief time on the show. I completely um, agree. I was so nervous when they introduced her. Like, so I was excited yeah. when they like brought her home and whatever. I was like, oh, she's great. And then like the beginning of that, the rest of that episode, I was like, oh, like maybe I don't like her. Like maybe like, whatever. Right, like the bargain bin clothes. Yeah. And, stuff. and like not letting her get the chest and like not really listening to her. Mm-hmm. And then her like totally making that tra- change where I was like, Beth doesn't care that she drinks. So I don't care that she drinks. Like Beth yeah. was okay with her lifestyle, so I was okay with her lifestyle. Yeah. And that was really refreshing for a TV mom that we either get like absent and drunk and abusive or caring, doting and like right. there, or like there's Hover, helicopter mom scene. This yeah. was a really complex mom that I thought was interesting for the times to write like multiple complex yes. females in the sixties. I just wanted yeah. to point that out about her. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then my favorite relationship was Beth and Jolene. Could have used more of it, but I also loved Beth and Vinny. Um, I loved their little arc of being competitors, especially at the beginning when she like didn't even like knew of him but hadn't met him, right? Like, like, he was like if I play in tournaments, it'll like hurt me. Like, why keep doing that? I was like, What does yeah. that mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. And so like seeing him from afar and then actually getting to meet him, and they're kind of like 
rivalry a little bit that they had going on and I also just like loved him and like what a jackass he was sometimes and his Harry Styles energy and everything and how they eventually went from being competitor I mean they were always competitors I guess but they went from being like just competitors to kind of being friends and then eventually of course at the end him actually helping her win and like how invested he was in her and how supportive he was and I'm kind of glad that even though they did have sex it it was kind of whatever to the plot you know what I mean like it didn't yeah distract her from winning ever it didn't like even mess up their friendship really I think that was the benefit of it only being seven episodes like so when I was talking to my mom I was like the show's confusing to me because it was simultaneously too short and too long like Mm -hmm. I felt like I could have done more on some things and way less on others and her relationship with Benny was one that like I could have done had a little take out the scene with the random dad and throw in a Benny scene with her yeah it is interesting that all of these men were so invested in her winning and not thinking like it should be me like Benny right. never was like I want to go to Russia like I like he wanted to go to Russia with her but like to support right. her as like her second mm-hmm. and it was it was just so interesting to me and I just maybe I have like miss like miss learned the 60s which like in 2020 I've realized in Texas I've miss learned a lot of what happened yep. in the 60s. a lot of things <laughs> But I just was like, why would any of these men be nice to her? She's good at what she does. It what made no it was sense. Them? Like, why don't they think they deserve right. it? It made action? no sense. And also, it would have made more sense if there was even, like, a few other women ever that she played. I like, love right? when that girl came back in the finale and was like, I was the first yeah. girl. I taught you how to use the clock. I tell all my friends yeah. like, I was your first win or whatever. I was like, that's really sweet. That is really sweet. But if, because that's the thing, it's like if there would have been a little bit more like men and women playing, then it would have made a little bit more sense why these guys weren't being so Mm -hmm. like patriarchal, toxic male energy, right? In reality, what it was was these guys who never play women are being creamed by this one young girl, which like I can't imagine went over very well. Right. Like, even today, like, I'm sure stupid shit would be said. Like, it oh, just... Oh, shit, in that tennis tournament we played, you know all those guys wanted to beat us. Oh, my God. The tennis happen. tournament we played in? Yeah. yeah. No, Truly, I mean, like, it's so... I'm sure every time a guy saw our name on the thing, they were like, oh, perfect, easy match. We can, like, right. go to the bathroom We can't lose to these two girls. And, like, right. I was like, dude, don't waste our time even if you're going to beat us. Oh, my God. Really? But that um, reminded me of in the first game when she played... Because she didn't understand the clocks and she didn't understand how to like do the time and write the sheet and everything. Right. She never played tournament style mm-hmm. right. thing. I was like, it was actually really smart of them to place her with a woman because a fellow female and like I'm generalizing an entire gender would sure. take the time to be like, you do this. Like, I want to play fair, but I also want you to know how to play. Whereas a man would just start yeah. and like not check right. in with her to be like, do you know what you're doing? So I was right. like, that's really smart. Be like, too sorry. Like, it's like, sorry. Yeah, like, like, sorry, you're going to go even though we, in our tennis tournament, the lovely gentleman couple that we played first did take the time to teach us how to play. So but sweet. They nobody else so did. Sweet. So we no got lucky that did. first game. And we even said, no. like, if we would have been paired up with any other duo of guys, yeah. they wouldn't have taken the time to. No, 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 no. We would have been toast. But that came to me whenever yeah. I was watching the girl be like, okay, it's touch, which means if you touch it, you have to move it. And which also was like nice for the audience to be like, okay, yeah, right. We also had to be told, yeah. And they're writing down their plays because I wouldn't have known what the fuck they were doing. No, um, 
No, for sure. Yeah, that was good. Um, but yeah, I, I did kind of go back and forth on the lack of animosity towards her. And right, just like you said earlier, how courteous all these guys were that were losing to her. Obviously, like, it was kind of nice to see what it would look like without this a little bit like Shit's Creek not real world right, homophobia, like homophobia doesn't, doesn't exist, exist in Shit's Creek so toxic it's masculinity just, yeah. also doesn't exist in this world but like but, but were they creating it? a different I don't world know. yeah I don't know <laughs> like, whenever I was I, I was ta- when I was talking earlier about it because like I finished the show yesterday so I haven't really had a chance to talk about it a lot it did make me think like how you didn't like or I don't want to put words in your mouth but like had an issue I guess with the Ryan Murphy's Hollywood being like mm. they used real characters mm-hmm. but they created this world that didn't exist because like right. Sandra Oh just won an Emmy last year and she was the first Asian American to win an Emmy right. in 2019 and yeah I think that's right. Apologies to anybody if they won before, but it was groundbreaking, whatever she did. And she was either the first or the second. First, yeah. And maybe she was the first woman. I, I'll, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe um, that was it. But I was thinking the same thing with like Hollywood when you were like, it was just so frustrating that like this could have happened, but it didn't because of our own thing. That's kind right. of how I felt with this show where I was like, they are creating a world where like we could have avoided all of this like hyper. And maybe it's just a game of chess isn't super sure. Whatever. But like, I mean, in any sport, I do feel like there's still well, yeah. Well, and this. like it's two things. One, the comment about her being too glamorous to be mm-hmm. a serious chess yeah. player. Okay, that was as close as they that got. Was the and that is, thing. it was a prima donna thing. But even then, that is so mild. Like and even just calling her too glamorous. Like seriously, like that yeah. is that even a bad thing? Like, right, I was right. like where's the negativity in that comment? Like, because what they really meant was like, you're too hot and pretty and a woman to be good. But like they yeah. didn't say that. Right. But they should have. They worked with her that way since she started her period in the on the second day, and like she was like her first time starting her period. I thought that mm-hmm. like women's issues or whatever, right. like air quotes, were going to sure. be more of a plot point and then it really wasn't really was not at all with every straight man who played chess against her that we learned their names (laughs) all two of them (laughs) um I know right oh my god what was the other thing I was gonna say well take a minute we can edit this part out Ugh, I can't remember I'll think of it when we're when I'm editing (laughs) and I'll actually hear it again yeah whatever um uh but yeah it just like seeing the world without yeah like shit's her having to deal with that, with that was homophobia like, she got to deal with it without sexism yeah really yeah I can't remember I don't know did you have anything else to say about um, no. the what was it it was like she didn't really have to deal with it no, I mean, and like she didn't have to deal with it in the same way that like they just skipped over every hard part maybe she did and they just like time jumped like right. how did it like her being an orphan never really come up like how did her not having a dad right. never really come up like all of the stereotypical ways that we've seen female specifically in media uh-huh be even the house like, thing i was like were women like she allowed was able to buy a house no not till the 70s do you have their name on a house title yeah. i don't think so i think <laughs> that's probably why he was like you can just pay the mortgage and then it was like a direct sale so maybe that's why they did that scene i don't know yeah that part was a little blurring the lines on like real, yeah. fiction, I guess. 
What was your But favorite? yeah, I mean, that stuff can always be, oh, oh, oh my God, I remember. Okay, Yay. great. Woo, okay. So, okay, you said maybe it's just chess. Everyone in chess is super polite. Mm-hmm. And while I agree, I'm sure that is like a big part of it, right? About like whole, you know, this all the small things like, you don't actually say Check. checkmate. You don't yeah. actually knock it over, whatever, when it, it gets fancy. So, okay, there are all these rules and like, you know, everyone's quiet all the time. When okay, so I understand everyone's being polite, right? But arguably tennis is another like gentleman sport, right? And, mm-hmm. or like not gentleman, but like polite company like sport, Like a waspy right? sport, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like all these rules about like being whatever. And what, like a year or two ago, Serena Williams had all that drama because she got penalized for like yelling, yelling. at the ref. Yeah, that's true. And so it's like, okay, Serena fucking Williams is still dealing with this shit in, you know, 2018 18. or whatever. So Beth Harmon beating all these dumb boys' asses. Give me a break. Like there would have been some shit coming her way, literally or metaphorically, for well, all this. I thought it was amazing. Like, okay, so there was two times when I thought the guys were going to like fully go in on her for mm-hmm. doing something and then blaming it on her like gender. One, when she yeah. like randomly ran to the bathroom, took a pill and then came back and beat that guy in the early season. Yeah. I was like, are you allowed to leave your chessboard? Like, isn't this like a <laughs> test? Like, I mean, I don't know. And then know. Um, the second thing that I just didn't know was that they could like, adjo- like the door for the day. Yeah, yeah, down and then like remember where they are and like (laughs) all that stuff. But she's a prodigy, right? So she could remember it like play by play. So I was shocked that some of those guys weren't like when they got to the like later in and they knew that she was a prodigy and all that stuff that they weren't like, no, we're gonna keep playing. Like she's oh, like are you too weak to keep playing? playing. Like I thought that was gonna come up, but they just like all followed (sighs) the rules. Right? There was no side comments, no, like... And there was, like, no follow-up from seeing Borgov and the other guy, like, saying, like, playing together, which I guess was good. Because, like, I thought that chess was truly, like, a one-person game. But (laughs) I think that, no, I think that, though, was foreshadowing that she Mm -hmm. was, like, gonna get the call from her friends. Because back in episode five, Benny was, like, the Soviets are better than us because they play as a team team. at tournaments. Like they help each other and we need to do better at that. That's why I'm helping you. And so that's why then we actually see them being a team and strategizing together. And she's all alone out in Russia. Um, Mm -hmm. Then the boys follow. So I think that's what that was. That was a great B plot. The like team through, like through line where she meets all these people as competitors. And then they all turn into teammates who then can play each other. Um, Right. I really enjoyed that. And like, I'm not saying that I don't enjoy, like I enjoyed that there was really no dark stuff happening. It was just wild to me that they would introduce the dark stuff and then just be like, never mind. Three years later, she's fine. And now she's shopping in sacks. Her mom died, <laughs> but now she owns the house and has cute clothes and drinks all day and like right. runs into her old high school bully who's also a drunk. Um, what They reinforced think- that stereotype. What did you think about when she was in her like bad, bad binge when she came back from Paris and sad sap? what's his name again Harry Harry when Harry like shows up eventually and tries to help her and she's like no and then also Benny was like also kind of abandoned her like emotionally over the phone because he was like just come to New York and she's like no and he's like would you rather like you would seriously rather drink than okay I guess if anybody was condescending Benny was a little bit condescending about her alcohol abuse but I feel like that was not about her being a woman and that was 100% about the alcoholism I think they were all trying to be friends what did you feel about that 
I thought they were all trying to be friends in the only way they knew. And the only way, cause like they, the only thing we knew about Beth, and I actually thought this was going to like come to fruition more was early on when Mr. Seibel was like, you're so angry. Like yeah. you have to be less angry. And then I was like, we literally never saw her yell. <laughs> like she was right. like, not she doesn't have anger management issues. Yeah. Breaks. And so I think they were trying to get her so angry that she proved them wrong. Like, oh, you'd rather sit around all day and drink. And she's like, no, fuck you. I'll beat you in chess. Like, I think they were trying to like playing different angles of trying to get someone to stop. I mean, it's hard to get, I don't want to like, no, we're but not she minimizing. Was like, yeah, I would rather drink Yeah, we're day. not minimizing. Then come see you. Alcohol yeah. or anything. Like, I understand it's a disease and she was doing everything she could, but I thought that they, they were just. Min- the show minimized it, let's be honest. I think that the two boys were 20 year old, 20 to 25 year old guys just doing the best they could. I thought that Benny was right. putting it in perspective. No, I'm not, you would I'm not asking. No, I know. I thought both of them did the right thing, but like, as far as the plot, like, yeah, I thought they couldn't really figure out why. I thought they wanted to beat her down so much. No, I think they wanted us to know that Benny was still there. He just needed her to sober up so she could win, and that Harry was going to do anything it took, and like even take her like kind of verbally abusing him a little bit with like all you do is work at a gas like a grocery store, and like you don't even play chess anymore, whatever. Um, I think we just needed to know that like these guys were still going to be there kind of to your point as what you just made and that like they were teammates right like when one of your teammates they were just like, showing her different kinds of like tough love I mean yeah but did they have like it was again it was I just surprising to me that like made the episode an hour and seven they minutes. reached out in different ways but like she needed to know that when still she still successfully pushed them away like, yeah but she needed to know that when she came back they would be there in my yeah opinion. I guess that's true like that they knew what she was doing, that they didn't think that she was pushing them away. They knew she was on a bender. They knew she yeah. was drinking too much. And they knew that she is Beth and that they know wasn't making these decisions. It was like drunk Beth. I guess that's true. And it did make sense. Jolene's re-entrance super grand. And but, necessary. Well, definitely necessary. But again, she also took the tranquilizer and like cleaned up and did all the really stuff. got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so my quick stats. Um, my favorite character. I have a weird soft spot for Harry. I know you do. I just, there's something about a nice boy that I'll never get sick of. But Beth is oh. obviously my favorite character. I mean, we didn't really get to know anybody as deeply as Beth. No. Um, my favorite relationship is just Beth and the men in her life. I loved Harry. I loved Benny. I loved Mike and Matt. I loved um, Towns. Towns. I, I, I agree. I wish Jolene could have come back earlier because that was really, really great. Her yeah with Jolene. I just felt like as a whole as the show... She was only with Jolene like two and a half episodes or like uh, maybe like an episode and a half. Yeah. So I was just constantly surprised that the men in her life were good, especially because she, you know, had like a non-existent biological father and a shit adoptive father. And even her relationship with Mr. Seibel was good. Um, yeah. And then my favorite episode. Did you say your favorite episode? Actually, now that I'm realizing it, I don't think you said I couldn't it. really pick one. It was either four or five or seven. Okay. Well, mine was six the adornment I like to I found I find Benny to be like a fascinating person I love that he lived down in the bottom of one of those New York apartments because I would have reacted the exact same way she did like I didn't know people lived down there and (laughs) it's nice to see her have like a like friends and like see how she could interact with people in the chess world that she didn't compete with but also Cleo and outside the chess world and then also like this was like obviously her deepest depression and it was nice to see how her lifestyle could affect chess because up until this point it hadn't like up until this point she could take her pills 
and drink, you know, in moderation, I think up until episode six, she wasn't abusing alcohol, but it was nice to see like how that she needed to realize that she couldn't do both. Cause I think up until this point, she thought she could like, she yeah, thought she could drink all night and do whatever and then still wake up and win. And Benny was the one that was like, you know, no, if you're going to keep playing, you're going to keep playing people better than us and older than us, the U S specifically too. And the Soviets don't sit around and, you know, do whatever. Uh, so I know how random was it that they like sent a secret service guy with her to Russia, but then she was like constantly alone. Like when she got out of the car in the finale and like when walked by herself, I was like, I guess she's not property of the United States anymore. He let all of those people get her autograph and get super close to her. And he like, was very random. Was like like his like, whole character was random. I expected him to like be a double agent or something at some point. Cause I'm like, <laughs> what's your plot? Like what's your angle? <laughs> right? What's your purpose? Not unlike the, um, murder hornets of this year i'm like what when are you going to kill us how do you factor into the grander scheme here especially because when they were like we're going to be sending someone with you from you know the u.s because because or i thought she was going to get a sign to be a like like a kgb sign or something in russia yeah any of that and i also thought it was going to be like towns they're like we're going to send someone with you to like write about your experience i thought it was going to make sense and then they were going to have to have this heart to heart or whatever but no it was just this random white guy from the United States I will say it was interesting to see how he like went from like not caring about her at all to being like wow you're really good and like chess is interesting like his yeah. like and like Townsend kind of saying the things like shit he's not doing what he's supposed to and everybody's shushing him and the secret agent guy being like what you know <laughs> yeah, that was cute his character but I was also like what's your point like it wasn't anybody I thought it was gonna be someone we had seen yeah Okay, now what our podcast is named after. Soph, what is your single best scene from the Netflix miniseries, The Queen's Gambit? So, unfortunately, I could not pick one specific scene. Always Um, a cheater. Always a cheater. I mean, yeah, sorry, couldn't pick one. But the (laughs) finale is so good i liked everything about it um the little the i mean it's it's just a compilation of everything i've mentioned the russian women like becoming big fan girls of her i loved that Mm -hmm. um yeah loved the random secret service agent um loved when beth or well loved seeing towns again and loved that she had a friend in russia surprise um their little friendship i don't think they're gonna do season two because what would it even be about but if there was ever gonna be more of the show i would have loved to see beth and towns little like bestie ship um blossom um then of course loved then the next morning after he was sweet boy and took care of her also though I've mentioned it before but like so many of the nicest men in my life have been gay men and for I was gonna start this with like which who among us hasn't fallen in love with a man who ended up liking other men I mean truly it's Um, it's because they're so fucking nice to us it's the most realistic thing that happened in this show is that her like been there Beth I don't know what you're playing chess but I do know what it's like to fall in love with a man who's not interested in you 100% um but like my like secret dream of 
having a significant other is that he will bring me a cup of tea in the morning because I am so aggressively not a morning person. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is like the only thing that gets me up. And to have someone do that just to me is like the ultimate, like, that's what I fucking need. And so when Towns brought her that cup of tea in the morning, I was like, (gasps) (laughs) sold. But like, once again, he was not her boyfriend. He was her gay best friend. So really does that help at all no but I think he was (laughs) um yeah alluded alluded allegedly Allegedly. I googled is towns from the queen gambit gay and it came back like probably (laughs) (laughs) like I'm not trying to out anybody on this podcast that's not what we're here for say it but (laughs) but anyway when he then gets the call and hands her the phone and it's her little teammates back in the states you're like oh my god so sweet and like how they're all trying to help her was adorable and then of course she then goes and beats Borgov and even like he asked to take another break and she's like uh no bitch I got yeah, this. he asks to draw and she's like nope oh right right yeah they do take a break that's when she gets a call and then they he asked for the draw and she's like no no I can beat you and you're like oh fuck yeah she's going in and someone pointed out that I mean like you said she's stone cold sober but on one of the reviews it pointed out that in this scene her looking up and at the ceiling and figuring out how to win was in two one like you said good because she can now know definitely know she can do it sober like she doesn't need the mm-hmm. tranquilizer pills to visualize the next steps but her physically looking up long enough for everyone else in the room to also look up but they don't see anything and they're confused is like alluding to the fact that she sees the game differently than everybody else in like a very physical way um obviously like pretty overt as far as a metaphor goes right. um because I, I liked that they all looked up and it. they were like what that explicitly yeah 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 but I guess it is supposed to like allude to she just looks at the game, views the game differently, which is why she's so good and like so much better than everybody else because she's like, her brain's just a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, loved that. Loved it, her playing with the old guys at the end. That was very sweet. Um, and- I thought that was going to be when we saw them, when she like took the adjournment or whatever, the break from Borgoff before the mm-hmm. they came back to win. And, you know, it ended up being, which was one of my, like, it was like my single favorite, like moment when she gets the call from all the boys and they like pass the phone around and give her different variations of what she could play. I thought instead, whenever I was like, just guessing what was going to happen was she was going to go and like, remember the love of chess and then go and like beat him in like an air. Yeah. Cause they alluded to it heavily. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) oh, she's going to like wake up early in the morning and like go play with these men and then go beat and it's going to be like. Well, because that's how it was cut together. How it was, yeah, done. I mean, it was cut like that. And what I think is kind of weird is maybe she did do that and that's how she got that far. I don't really, is that like, if they were alluding to that, I guess, but if they weren't alluding to that, there was no need for the buildup of the old men in the park. We didn't need that context. We're all humans. We've all like, like, you know what I mean? Like they could have just driven past the park. She could have gotten out, walked up on this like crowd of old men playing chess and like we would have, like, there's enough context for us to understand immediately. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't when need I, the buildup of that. When I read the summary, it was, like, she leaves, like, because I guess the, the when it, when it, the show ends, it's, like, the president would, like, to meet you, whatever. Right, Apparently, right. You've got all these appearances. Texas. Yeah, yeah. So, it must have been LBJ. Um, and he 
and she's like no and like gets out of the car and walks away the like review I read was like and then she walks into like playing chess for fun like she's already competed all this thing so now like she's gonna keep this as something that she loves mm-hmm. so like that's what they said like her playing with those old men was but like that sure. was like, a random review no that part totally makes sense I just didn't understand why we kept getting scenes of these old men in the park throughout was- the whole episode Oh, in my, so like when I was watching it, I don't know if this is true or not. I was just being reminded that like the Soviets like play chess more casually than Americans. Like this is like their game. Like this is their I mean, baseball. but if you walk around like, no, like I Union know. Square, I mean, like in New York, like. Everybody's just playing chess. I think it's I mean, remind- there's like a section set up. But I yeah, like I didn't think it was mind. uncommon to see old guys playing like in Paris. Like I don't like. No, I think it's reminds the viewers that they're, that people, a lot of people play chess just for fun right? Like this is, because yeah. we've seen it at such a competitive level now for six and a, mm-hmm. like seven and a half episodes at this point, mm-hmm. six and a half episodes. That's like, don't forget that like chess is also just like a game that right. like anybody loves yeah. and that these people are playing at obviously such a competitive level. That's a good point. Right, it's right. not um, something like there's the big like, fancy tournament. And then there's like the got old guys in the park. And like arguably the, in the same town. In the park are having more fun. Yeah, no, for sure. So, yeah. <laughs> And what is your single best scene? Drum roll, please. No. Um, so mine is from season one, episode six. So this is when they're having the press conference with all of the people playing. And they ask her if she's ready to play the Grandmaster Borgov. And she says in English, you know, she's like, I'm feeling good about it. I didn't sleep on the plane. I've been going to my bed every night and studying his old games, which then prompts the interviewer to ask if she studied the game that she lost to him in Mexico city and mm-hmm. she like kind of takes a beat and like a badass, she says, especially that one in Russian. And then the, yeah. the, the camera like pans to him and he looks at her and I kind of read it as him realizing that he's underestimated her. Like mm-hmm. he said, you know, cause she was a mess in Mexico or the last time she played it or Paris. So, yeah. Well, I guess this was, she had, it was before the, I think she was in Russia during the interview that you're talking about. Well, I think this was in, I don't know. Either, I think this was in Paris. Oh, she really? says, I don't have any jet lag in Paris. Anyway, you oh, know, right, 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 right. might not be as prepared to beat her as he thought he was, right? Like, because right. he's a loop, like, you know, there's been interviews where he's like, I am getting older and these people are getting younger mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And when she answers in Russian, it was just like, the perfect reveal that she like yeah. knows what the fuck you've been saying this whole time. <laughs> yeah. So that was probably, that was the moment when my jaw like dropped to the ground and I was like, fuck I love Beth like a way to go yes bitch (laughs) yeah like yes um so the last thing so what recommendation do you have for our listeners this week yes my recommendation of the week as a aspiring country singer I don't know when you stop calling people aspiring I don't want that to be insulting (laughs) they have like like household success Okay, cool. So okay. he has um, a few songs on Spotify, but his name is Cooper Allen, Allen, A-L-A-N. Um, I found him on TikTok, actually. He, I mean, he's trying to be a country singer, but what he does on TikTok is fucking amazing. And I am not a music person, so I'm pretty easily impressed, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. let's be clear. But what his buddy does is plays the like a not a beat like a beatbox beat but like we'll get a sample of basically just like karaoke version of a song or like a sample of it so like a repeated like like verse tune yeah 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 yeah. um but it'll be from like Mr. Brightside or something like that like it's a you know you can recognize the what they sampled from Mm -hmm. and then 
he will pl- like spring it on him and i i don't know if this is truly yeah I don't know how much is staged but I would like to think that it is just off the cuff even if it's not it's still impressive and he will freestyle the singing part but not to that song he will take little snippets of a bunch of other songs that match that tempo and then do like a mashup and mash yeah mash them up but like on the fly like he's freestyling the mashup and it'll be like country music rock music pop music like he all over the place and it is I'm like how does your brain do that like it is so amazing our Beth Harmon yeah he's he's the Beth Harmon of um, country music I uh, music I guess I don't know TikTok for sure joke world he also I one of his videos he freestyles a country song which is just funny um you sent me one of his videos yesterday I haven't watched it yet. um yeah well because you know when you start following somebody you get like every other video is you get all of their most recent videos like mm-hmm. all of a sudden which is like a little bit annoying to be honest but whatever anyway so most of it is the freestyle mashups but yeah he's seems to be very prodigy-ish which is why I chose him as my rec this week a la Beth Harmon um but his voice is also Josh Turner vibe so like real deep Scotty which McCreary. is yeah Scotty McCreary which is always a delight in my opinion so that is my rec Cooper Allen on TikTok or Spotify what's your rec so I'm basic um but my rec is the new Taylor Swift album I haven't decided if I like it. What? Yeah. Sorry, Taylor who? <laughs> Taylor Swift. I'm just someone you might have heard of. I don't think Spell I like it, it more than Folklore yet, but there are some contenders. And I realized today that like every single one I had like hearted. So they're in my like songs. So not that I think that this podcast will, you know, really help her break a record or anything, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just want to help her. Up the edge. She's probably also an aspiring country singer, but have you listened to it yet? me yeah are there any that you like from ever yeah, like three times um right now I mean I do really like Willow mm-hmm. the first track but Ivy is the only one that's really stood out to me um it did take many many listens through folklore before I could do, differentiate I know and now song. you're like oh, where do you want me to start I can start the album and do it in any order Oh yeah, and I can like skip songs and because I like now them enough. But um, yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't until like either you would be like, no, listen to this song again, and I'd be like, okay, yeah, um, that I like actually was able to decide which ones I liked or didn't like. So I'm assuming that will eventually happen with Evermore. But I have like four favorites right now: okay, champagne, champagne problems, mm-hmm. tis the damn season, happiness, and Coney Island. So I'm sure that will change a lot. Like I didn't like when I first listened to it, No Body, No Crime. And now I like catch myself singing it. So I do think <laughs> that it's an album that will grow on people. Um, yeah. But I mean, it, it's been huge this week. So yeah. trying to think. Oh, also, I mean, I'm gonna have two recommendations this week, whatever we make our own rules. Um, Murder on Middle Beach. I have talked about it a lot. I've posted about it on my personal Instagram. It is an HBO documentary series about a man, who, a guy who's trying to figure out who killed his mom when he was 18. There's his dad and his dad's shady business interactions, his family, which is like, there's a lot of kind of shady people in his family. There's gifting tables. There's his sister who has a bunch of issues. I mean, there's so many people. And then like the police aren't being super helpful and it's murder in Connecticut. There's only four episodes. It's on HBO, but I was like totally hooked on it. It was like, why aren't more people talking about this? Like it is a great thing 
story. A documentary or is it a scripted? Documentary. Okay. So hopefully we get season two. Like they leave it off in COVID times. Like he finishes filming it in 2020. Because you like see him walking in somewhere with like a mask on. But I do think where they left off, he has enough stuff to make a second season if he wanted to. Granted, I have no clue how that, I don't know if it's harder. I don't, I'm assuming it's hard to make a documentary, but I do think that he, there's going to be some sort of follow-up. I don't know if it'll be in the same medium. It might be at a podcast or an interview or something, but the way it ended, it kind of ended on a little bit of like a cliffhanger per se. Oh, so I would highly recommend it. The first episode right. was like 57 minutes. The last one's like a minute 30. So it was probably a two hour finale, but it was so good. I really enjoyed it. So I know that's two recommendations, but well, it's the okay. damn season as Taylor would say. <laughs> that's right. Um, well, thanks everybody for sticking with us to another long episode <laughs> of Single Best Scene. And we will see you guys next week. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>